Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ah, woo! So I'm going to take us to Second Chronicles 20. I'm going to read it first, and then I'm going to share the story of what's happening in my life and throughout our lives, and then we'll, we'll close. Uh, again, we are just in a supernatural transitional time in, in the earth. And what's happening in my heart, which is uh, kind of new, not new in sometimes, but it's beginning to be overriding of all things, is awareness that God is not waiting for man to get his act together. And God is not limited by man in opposition to him. And he, can, he loves to work through man, but if it's necessary, he'll work over man. He'll override man. And if it's, he loves to bless peoples and groups and homes and families, institutions, nations, governments, but if he has to, he'll just go right through them because he has a purpose of glorification of himself through the Son in the church. It's just advancing quickly. And that's the excitement that I'm starting to go, wow, I don't even need to fix anything. I'm just going to declare Jesus Christ is Lord over everything. And so I approach it from the end result, not the problem that we're in the struggle over. And that's what we started talking years ago, about 10 years ago, I started rising up all Everybody would say, you've got to pray from heaven down, not earth up. You can't pray from the problem seeking the answer. You have to pray from the answer speaking into the problem. So there's a lot of advancement that's taking place in the kingdom of God, in the living body, who's listening and attentive and practicing. We do two things in, the, in our daily walk. We, we, we pray by giving God time. Then we take his word, which is a part of prayer, and we have a a posture of a heart that says, I accept what I'm about to read as truth, whether I can understand it or do it. I accept it as truth. And so my believing heart and then a speaking mouth, so I declare aloud the things I'm reading and praying. So with time, with the Spirit of God, the truth of God, with a believing heart and a speaking mouth, I encounter Jesus. And that's what the men uh, inheritance is about all of us. It's like, giving God an hour a day to do that. It, trust me, one day we will not say, I wish I'd had more time anywhere else than to say, I wish I'd spent more time with God. We, we hear about that all the time. Men will not say, oh, I wish I'd had more time at the office. No, they'll say, I wish I'd had more time with my family. But even more than my time with my family, you will and I will say, if I could have given more time to be with God. All of the Chronicles we just read we just finished Chronicles. You basically have two kinds of kings, good kings, bad kings. What determines the good king or the bad king is good kings set their heart to seek the Lord. The bad kings followed the Baals, followed the, the, the contemporary forms of whatevers, trying to gain access to their best future. And yet, when a man like Jehoshaphat, okay, so Jehoshaphat, is a story. It begins in chapter 17. We'll go all the way to 20. I won't take the time for that. Uh, but if you want to go into this read, it's, it's one of the, Jehoshaphat's one of the most pivotal kings and de demonstrative of how God operates. But in chapter 20, after he had done a, a 
amazing reforms. He was not a perfect man. There is no perfect people except Jesus. We, he made errors. He would align himself with Ahab. He almost got himself killed. He tried to, he, he actually later aligned himself with Israel trying to make money and lost it all. But he had a good part of him, which is that he had set his heart to seek the Lord. And so in the seeking of the Lord, he began to reestablish the Bible in Israel, Judah, starting from uh, uh, all the way up to Ephraim and all the way down to the Gaza area. He was sending teachers out, judges, judges out, and he said, you've got to be before God. Everything you do, he sees. Everything you think, he hears. Everything you say, he observes. So choose him, and, and people began to have the fear of God come back into their life. And he realized, I don't get to live alone. I am before God. And it began to create national revival, real strong, worshipful revival. And so after all of this, verse 20, here's the reward, it would appear. It happened that after all that, the people of Moab, the people of Ammon and others, with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, actually from uh, Edom. And they are in Hazazan, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. There is when I become afraid, it's when I got to trust. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and at the house of the Lord before the new court and said, this is the recorded prayer, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations and in your hand? Is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Do you believe this? Do you accept this as truth? Is he the Lord over Russia, over China, over the United States of America, over Israel? Are you not? Yes, you are. Are you not our God? It's got to be our God. Who drove out the inhabitants of this land before the people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. Powerful prayer is recording the history of redemption in our prayer, acclaiming to God all of the work that he's accomplished thus far and how he positions us to advance. And they dwell in it. And they built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. And again, for your name is in this temple. It was such a great song to sing, proclaim the name of Jesus. Because all of this today, because the temple that's being built together is us in Christ, and the presence is in the name, and we get there, and we're in trouble. We recognize it's all over the place. So we cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. 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 God has no limitation. 
If he hears his people cry out, he'll dismantle anything and everything to get to the purpose to which he has set out. If but your people will return. And it's happening. And it's going to happen in a fabulous way. But now, here are the people Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Now, why was that? God said, because Moab and Ammon were the children of Lot, which was Abraham's nephew, there was a connection as cousins, you might say. And Mount Seir is Edom, or we knew him as his birth name, Esau. And therefore, he was inside covenant. He was the twin of Jacob, but God chose Jacob. Jacob I have loved, Esau I hated. But nevertheless, there was relationship. And this is important because there are people that war against us that we cannot ourselves resolve because they're our cousins, they're family. And so God says, leave them alone. Give them room. Don't meddle in their stuff. But now they don't have that same awareness, fear of God upon them, so they come to drive us out. So he stopped us, but now look what they're doing. And there they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of this is important because, again, we forget who owns what. Your possession. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. The land of Israel was never to be sold and given to others. It was a year of jubilee to be returned because it was an inheritance. God giving an inheritance. So now they're going to throw us out of your possession, which you've given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. We need to get humble. We need to get humble. Because if we try to resist what is fighting us with the same spirit which is fighting us, we only empower the spirit that's fighting us. And so we're outgunned. We're out. And he had a big army. He had 1,160 thousand courageous fighting men. So this had to be a huge thing that was coming that struck the fear into the king. But he knew when, it's, when I'm afraid, I will seek you. So he says, they're coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah and their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord posture to, to begin. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asap in the midst of the assembly. Five generations from King David. Asap was his worship coordinator over the house of David, over the tabernacle of David. And so five generations down, the Spirit of God comes upon this man. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. 
So from the days of Joshua, one thing is always said to the children, the leaders, and the people of God. Do not fear or be dismayed, but instead be strong and be courageous. So don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the battle, thus says the Lord, the battle is not yours, but God's. It's God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah, Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So to fight this battle, you will position yourself then you'll stand inside that place of positioning and see Yeshua. That's the Hebrew word for salvation. That's why he was given the name salvation into Mary. Yeshua. See. Place yourself in. Stand up inside and see salvation. This is so huge. And we, we, uh, let me keep going, though. Oh, Judah, Jerusalem. Don't be afraid. So Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. This powerful revelation that came to a desperate nation that was about to be annihilated by a jealous, envious, proud, wicked people was given that God's, here's the posture, here's the strategy, here you go. So they all receive it. Worship is the response of revelation. It's where we behold so much that we have to just, oh, it's yours. It's more than I can ever perform. It's more than I could ever do. It's yours. I receive it. So worship is the first form of, of reception. But then the Levites, the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord of God of Israel with voices loud and high. They believed what they heard. That something, they got it, 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 encountered them, and they were, you ever been there? I think a lot of us have. When you have those moments, you just know God heard you. God spoke to you. God's speaking over you, and you're just going, yes! Humble, broken, thankful, grateful, praising, praising. Oh, it's like a a circle of, of surrender to the, to the glorious, sovereign, purposeful, powerful king who's speaking. And then you can't help it, but you've got to expel praise and thanksgiving and, and joy because you know something wonderful has just been determined and spoken and released over. So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So there will be an establishment of you by believing in the Lord, and there will be a prosperity, the advancement of what God is doing for you at this moment in hearing what God spoke to you through the prophetic word. We just heard yesterday. So they went. He had consulted with the people. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord 
and who should praise the beauty of holiness. Something that's again being restored to the church is holiness as well as the fear of God. So praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Or New, King, New International say, Praise the Lord, for your loving kindness is forever. Or if you take the italics out of that phrase, you would say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy forever. Praise his, for his mercy forever. Praise him for his mercy forever. Strategy. This one, this is growing so strong. The earth needs mercy. The world needs mercy. America needs mercy. California needs a show of mercy. Israel needs mercy. Gaza needs mercy. China needs mercy. It's just, so they were declaring what began with Moses when God said, he said, I'll show you my glory by proclaiming my name as I pass on my goodness before you. And he says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. And David coined the phrase that became God's favorite hit. It's still, praise the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. The imagery of mercy is to pick one up and fondle them. I often say, Lord, I just need you to pick me up right now, please. Uh, I'm too aware of what's going on around me. Please pull me into your breast, into your bosom. That's mercy. Just let me bring you into me. Now, graciousness, and these are interchangeable. You'll find it. Sometimes mercy will be the definition that grace has here. And uh, this is Exodus 34 we're talking about. But you don't need to go back there. Graciousness is to stoop down and help an inferior. Let me help you. So God says, let me pull you in to my love. And let me help you in your problems. And today, we're told that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Therefore, let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace to help in our time of need. And the word need is Hebrew and uh, in, in, uh, in Chinese. It it's means an opportunity that could go this way or that way. That's why a, a crisis is an opportunity if God takes hold of that. And that's what we're, they're in the middle of. So now they're singing this. They're singing this. And I'll come back to this. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Fact. Truth. Heaven set it out. How did it happen? The people of Ammon and Moab, remember, their brothers came from the same father, stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, which is 
Edom, or Esau's people, and utterly killed and destroyed them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. Now, it, the imagery is Israel, Judah is coming down, singing the song, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They don't see any of this. Their eyes are on Jesus. They are facing, going to face their enemies, but instead they see the face of Jesus because they're engaged in praise. Yeah, Isaiah 30. This has been a seven-year progressive experience in my life. So I have so many points where a part of this was taught to me, a part of this was injected. Uh, God says in Isaiah 30, I believe about verse 16 or 17, he says, I will wait. Therefore, I will wait that I can be gracious to you. So I'm not, because you're running fast horses. You, you're trying to outrun the problem. You're trying to get away from the issue. So as long as you keep running, whatever's chasing you is going to get faster. You get on fast horses, they'll be faster. So therefore, I'll wait. So God postures himself, says, I can't, enter, I can't respond in this kind of craziness and fear and unbelief and lust and greed and whatever else is going on. I'm just going to wait because I want to be gracious. And then he says, I will be exalted that I might have mercy. God has to be so big that we know he's the only means and we wait and we wait and we're ready to let him be the answer even if we've run out of answers. We know he is able to perform what he promised. So this is the posture. This is the heart. You need to bring me back yourself fast. I love that. Pulling up. So they go forth. They begin singing. God sets an ambush. They kill each other. And verse 24, which I believe for me, 2024, this is the word of the Lord for me that's to be seen. This is now a seeing year. And when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, the old King James would call it a watchtower. It wasn't just a, a, a good vista. It was a positional, a, a military position to see, to, to a, a lookout, to see, looking into the wilderness, looking out. They looked toward the multitude. This is our first chance to see. And there they were, dead bodies. Fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead. Bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. These, this army that came to annihilate them brought all their wealth with them. And they were there three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the valley of Baraka until this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them and to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. See, there's the joy that comes at the end on the other side of the victory. And there's praise that comes before the victory is released. 
And when that joy kicked, oh, they were. And they came to Jerusalem, stringed instruments and harps. It's easy to praise after the victory. I, many more will join us in praise once we've gained the victory. But they're now harps, trumpets to the house of the Lord. They go back to the point of contact, the place of identification to their Lord, to their help, to their means. We have the name of Jesus that encompasses all of that. They're returning to give thanks. And the fear of God fell on all the kingdoms of those countries. And when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Wow. Could you imagine? This is God when he sovereignly steps in because the people call upon him to resolve what they cannot resolve. So I, if you take me back to 2013, I want to just share a, a bit of a journey. I think it's, it's you're, you're in the same journey. I don't think the body of Christ is in a multiplicities. We have multiple expressions, but we have one direction. And God is in 2013. I was in February. I was in Jerusalem. We were on our way to, I think we were even in the, could have been in the celebration of Purim. And Cammie calls me. She's back here. I'm driving right up to a gate, uh, to a compound uh, that is receiving uh, uh, Aliyah children that are coming from all over the Europe whose parents cannot make Aliyah, but they're sending their children to do so. And we were there to just greet, meet, and be a part. And she, right at the gate, she calls, and she says, I believe the Lord said to me that Psalm 2 is the key now to which we are to live from. Psalm 2. And I said, thank you. I, I, I received that. And Psalm 2 is, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves. Rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he'll speak to them in his great displeasure and distress them. He'll speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his great displeasure. Yet I, Papa says, Lord Hashem, Jehovah, set my king, my Lord Adonai, on my holy hill. I poured out my anointing oil upon my king. And, the, and then Jesus famous words quoted so much in the New Testament. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son today I've begotten you. Papa says, that's what called Jesus out of the abyss. I call you forth, resurrected, a new creation, a life-giving spirit. You're my son. Today I've become your father. And he says, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice and boast with trembling. Kiss the Son. Do homage to him, lest he rise up in his wrath and destroy you when it's barely a bit of wrath. <sighs> Blessed are all of those who put their trust in him. That was the beginning of our journey that February 27, 2017. And that 
One of the things I love to do when I'm in Jerusalem, I would take a walk from a state of Jan and Kuski and Greg, Greg and Jan Kuski's apartment, and it was about a 20-minute walk right down to the heart of the old city, to the Western Wall. And I frequent that. It was a, you know, became a, I've been over there like 20 times, so it's become a part of knowing it better than I probably know Los Angeles in it, for sure. And as I walk to the Western Wall, there's an observation place where you can just see the wall lit up. And I just, just, I just had a vision that hit me. That's why I, I saw fire and war and fire and war everywhere. And it shook me. It wasn't that, and I knew then immediately that Psalm 2 was indeed a very important psalm for me. So I began to ponder that psalm, commit it to memory, worship the Lord, make it a declaration, because this is how he views what he's bringing himself into and forward. Later, Psalm 110 began to become a key point because the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus quotes that verse. But it goes on to say, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Or in the midst of the time of war, as the dew that comes upon the earth, shall many come to volunteer and be a part of your army, your movement. The Lord has sworn he will not relent. The Lord is, uh, you are a high priest. You are Melchizedek. You are my high priest, my royal priest, when I call you my king of righteousness. The Lord, Adonai, is at your right hand, Hashem, Papa, Yeshua, He, the Lord is at your right hand, he shall execute the heads of many nations in his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He will fill the place with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook of the way, by the way. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. So these two psalms became a part of my worship, my prayer, for the last seven years. And so it, it, I had, at first it was kind of like, I don't like these. They're kind of like, wow, this is kind of violent. But then they began to be a comforting when violence began to break forth to the earth. Because I could go, well, I hear, here we are. This is how God's operating in this and so forth. So there have been many, many experiences like that. 2017 was, in effect, the, the day of strategies. God began strategizing. And that's what we said in Second Chronicles 2017. I, I was wrong. I said, yeah, I meant to be 2017. Yes. To fight in this battle, to fight the battle we're in, you will position yourself and stand inside of and see the salvation of the Lord. See the, the provision. The provision of salvation is Yeshua, the resurrected Lord, who has paid the penalty of sin, annihilated the condemnation, destroyed the, all of the impact, and made a place for us. And now see that. And when you see that, 
that's how the victory will be won. That's how the battle will be, how you'll devour your enemies like lunch is by praising and seeing salvation. Don't get afraid. Don't be dismayed. The Lord is with you. So that fall of 2017, the Lord highlighted Haggai chapter 2 prior in the summer. Haggai chapter 2 is such a powerful part of the restoration. And on the day before what we now celebrate is Hanukkah. There was no Hanukkah back then, but on the day, uh, it's Chislev is the month, and I forget the date, but on that day, he prophesies Haggai. He says, you guys have been in trouble and struggles for a long time, and nothing's working, and nothing has got. You come to look for 10, you get 5. You come to look for 20, you get 6. But now, since the foundation of the Lord has been laid, from this point on, I will command blessing. And I had had a three, three events in one day where the revelation was riveted into my being in surrender to the recognition for me in personal issues, family matters, financial matters, I forget, things that I, had, I realized, and I said it like this, I said, Lord Jesus, until you, demand, until you want change, change will not happen. Until you initiate, until you change the course I'm in, I cannot change the course I'm in. I accept that I am absolutely dependent upon your, your supremacy, your all-sufficiency. And up in my belly rose this statement, true humility is complete dependency upon God, upon his son, upon his supremacy, of all-sufficiency. That humility was my coming to recognize I could not change the course of things by rearranging the actions I'm taking or stopping others' actions or anyone's actions. What, that change will not happen till God says, it's time to change. And change does not happen until I've come to the end of my efforts and said, you alone can make it happen. You alone are the one that will make it happen. I will wait for you. I will wait for you because you, I need your grace in this moment. And I will, I will, I will exalt you because I need your mercy. So what happens then is I'm counting the days. I listened to, it was just, we were having a, our fall conference and it was always during uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Lord highlights Haggai chapter 2. I go to the, my internet to find out what day is that. I think it's the 10th, 11th day of Chislev. Will this uh, be in the 2017 calendar? I find that out. I put it into my calendar this date. And on that date, all of these revelation of surrender come. And God changes three things that were unchangeable. Just bam, bam, bam. And I realized that was the day you told me like 40 days prior. Mark that day. So I felt for me, the Lord was saying, you accept, I now accept the foundation that no man can lay other than Jesus Christ. You have come to realize there is no other work of man that matters and only the foundation of Jesus Christ matters and, and, 
And it was like a surrender, submission, so forth, and became a really encouraging point. Uh, as of recent, I'll just jump ahead. There's been so many, 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 many experiences of like, like that. But this August, I was, I was just in conflict in my soul or in my sleep, in my soul. Not that I could think of. There's probably too many things I'm doing at the moment. I don't know what it was. But all of a sudden, a song rose up in me. And I shared it with everybody in, in August. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good. You are good. I praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good. You are good. I praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever. And I'm somehow connected again to this storyline. Because I'm knowing as walking through these years, seven years now, that this is not an easy thing to do, to go to face your enemies, singing praise. Immediately, a little chorus connects to it, a little verse, I should say. He said, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the peace of God my defense, the love of God is my hope. And I live in the faith of Jesus. Now I sing, I'm living in the faith of Jesus. Now, all of that is scriptural truth. Joy of the Lord is my strength. We all heard that first. The peace of God is my defense. When we are not terrified by our enemies, we are declaring to our enemies they're about to be annihilated, whoever and however. When the peace of God that guards our heart and our mind, when our prayers have been heard, Peace is the first sound of defense. The love of God is our hope. We have hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our heart. And I living in the faith of Jesus, not my faith. There's only one faith. The faith that we joined into is the faith of Jesus Christ that God saw in his son and said, I, you believe I'm going to raise you from the dead. I'm calling that righteousness. And we'll take care of all the legalities on the process. But because you, my son, believe me, your father, who will about to become your judge, that I will annihilate and destroy sin through this, your death, and you will destroy him who had the power of death, the devil, and I will pull you out of death. And that's faith. And we are in that faith. That's the faith you carry. And it comes alive in the scriptures. But that's the faith. That's the one faith. So I'm singing along, I praise you, I praise you for you are good, you are good. And this is my dream. I'm singing this song on my dream. And it's just kicking. I'm, it's growing probably for two hours. Your mercy endures forever. And then I worship you, my king, in the beauty of holiness. I standing in salvation. No, you're in the wrong one. Second verse. No, that's the first, that's, you, you. I, there you go, thank you. I worship you, my king. No. Diana, where are you? I sent you the words. <laughs> she's at home, so she's hearing. <laughs> I worship you, my king. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I concluded since August, this is really my song. I sing this every single day. It's so, and, it's, and that's what you carry in a song. 
I'm not talking about giving you my song, although it's the way we all start to become triumphant warriors, is we carry a song that God's giving us that's truth and revelation of his son. <laughs> It's okay, I'm not going to look at that anymore. It's all messing me up. So I'm in, So this is the second verse, is I worship you, my king, in the beauty of holiness. I standing in salvation. I see the glory of Jesus. So I come and I share that on, on August. The song has kept growing. See, what I've learned, and I want you to learn this, you do not need anyone else but Jesus Christ to have the victory surrounding your life. Nor can anyone but Jesus Christ give you the victory that he reserves for himself. You don't get it in a group. Group hug. You get it. You get it. You're pressing in till you say, God, I'm going to find you. Who are you for me? What are you going? I need you. So that's, that's the purpose. Once God was giving me the song, I'm going, I'm in. So over, the, uh, the, over these other verses, I'm just going to share because they're revelatory, and I believe they're right here. And then they exploded in a way I never would have imagined other than because of Psalm 2 and Psalm 110 and then Psalm 45, I began to see from what happened in an Old Testament setting what could possibly happen in a New Testament, Testament covenant. And the slain would be a different slain. So the third verse, I praise you, I praise you, for you are good. You are good, I praise you, I praise you. Mercies endure forever. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good. You are good, I praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever marching out to battle to face my enemy. I see the face of Jesus and his mercy over me. Imagine that. You're out to face your future. I tell you one thing. Whatever we have to face tomorrow, praise Jesus in the midst of it. Go out singing. I began this walk singing. And I'm, I'm going to end this walk singing. I began my journey with Jesus praising him. And I've had a many reasons to stop praising and stopped praising. But the praise is the outcome. It's the hope. I praise you. I praise you for you are good. You are good. I praise you. I praise you. Your mercy endures forever. Then I heard the Lord. I began to sing, coming to the lookout to see my enemies. They've all been slain in the spirit, born again in Christ Jesus. This is what was starting to happen. I was no longer limited through the man's hands and institutions and, rebe and rebellions. I began to see that God was greater than anyone and everyone, and he could do anything and everything. And I say, why not a whole company, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in absolute hatred, rebellion, come under the, the power of the Spirit of God, slain. 
You say, that's not covenant. Yeah, it is. That's how Paul came in. Do you know when Jesus was arrested, he said, who are you seeking? He said, Jesus, Nazareth. He says, I am he. Bam! The entire army knocks out. Just so everyone could remember, you have no authority, but it being given to you from heaven. So then I'm, uh, it just keeps expanding. And I'm just singing this because, again, a song that gives you victory and a vision and hope and is truth and scripture is a power of a tool like the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. I praise you. I praise you. For you are good. You are good. I praise you. I praise you. Your mercy endures forever. My enemy, my brother, separated in unbelief. The core issue in the earth today is unbelief. And when a man faces and finds and discovers and, and is given the faith to believe in Jesus coming out of unbelief, they can be a terrorist and they become an apostle. My brother, my enemy, my brother, separated in unbelief, Christ Jesus came to save us and set the captives free. Oh, I'm imagining it in Gaza, in Ukraine, in China, in Africa, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in California. I see it. Because again, what do we need? Mercy. We need God saying, I'm going to come and pull humanity back into an embrace and I'm going to come into the mess you made of everything and I'm going to set it back in the design to bring you back into agreement and I'm going to, mercy endures forever. So then the last one just come, I think there's one more coming, but this one is so excited. The nations come to worship and bow before their king. Christ Jesus reigns forever. He is Lord of everything. Lord of everything. Everyone. He's Lord of everything. Everyone. What a blessing we've been given. What a blessing. Wow. If you want to stand with me, I believe the Lord is empowering by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, truth in the Word, and the Spirit of God, sanctification, calling us into the glory of Jesus. I believe He's accelerating this and making it. And every limitation that is presently in front of you has no say. Any limitation that presently is pursuing you has no say. But Christ Jesus is Lord of all. He's Lord of everything. And he is extending healing to his body, salvation to his body, and healing and deliverance to his body. And I believe we can receive that in the fullness. From a frightened king, a God-seeking man, being pursued by wicked schemes of men, who then sought the Lord, heard the Lord, tell him how he's going to advance into praise, began to pursue the Lord in praise, singing, singing. That by the time they come to the lookout, they see their enemies are slain. Just lift up your voice for a moment. Praise him.
Praise him. Praise him. You're not called to be defeated in this last hour. You're not called to be destroyed or eaten and devoured and driven out of your inheritance that God gave you to inherit. War is displacement, and you're not meant to be displaced. You're meant to be in his place. Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 Let's make this declaration. I receive in the name of Jesus his resurrection and my salvation. My Lord, Jesus, I receive in the name of Jesus his healing, my healing in Jesus' name. I receive in the name of Jesus his deliverance, my deliverance, my freedom, my completeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I praise you. I praise you. You are good. You are good. I praise you. I praise you mercy endures forever. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good, you are good. I praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever. Joy of the Lord is my strength. Strength of God. Love of God is my hope. And I'm standing in the faith of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now here's something funny you gotta hear this when I first sing it I always sing it the way I first sing it which is like a little funky little old 70's charismatic sound which I love well then Tim Franz and Diana they took it and they took my little jingle diddly and made it into a jingle and a jangle so that's why alright stop you're all such good musicians. Follow me. <laughs> all right, don't, don't listen to the words. Sing what I sing. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good. You are good. I praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Peace of God is my defense. The love of God is my hope. And I'm living in the faith of Jesus. I praise you. You are good. You are good. I praise you. I praise you. For your mercy endures forever. In the beauty. I worship you, my king. In the beauty of holiness. Standing in salvation. I see the glory of Jesus. I praise you. I praise you. For you are good. You are good. I praise you. I praise you. Your mercy endures forever. Marching out to battle to face my enemy. 
I see the face of Jesus and his mercy over me. I praise you, I praise you. You are good, you are good. I praise you, I praise you. Mercy endures forever. Coming to the lookout to see my enemies. They've all been slain in the spirit, born again in Christ Jesus. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good, you are good. I praise you, I praise you, your mercy endures forever. The nations come to worship and kneel before their king. Christ Jesus reigns forever. He is Lord of everything. I praise you, I praise you, you are good. <laughs> praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever. I praise you, I praise you, for you are good, you are good. I praise you, I praise you, mercy endures forever. One more time, I praise you, I praise you, for you are good, you are good. I praise you, I praise you, for your mercy endures forever yes Lord <laughs> next Sunday Diana will be back and <laughs> and maybe that's an object lesson for all of us it doesn't matter that you know the song the way someone else knows it. And when they hear your song, they'll never sing it just like you sang it. It's the words that you're singing, the faith that you're bringing, the truth that you're declaring, the exalting of the king. And those are the songs that victories are won through. It's a singing army that's coming out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, release the salvation the healings and deliverances in our homes, our families, in our nation, and in California. Mm -mm, good. We are a hungry, needy people for mercy. Mercy. We do not ask you to kill our enemies. We'd like them slain in the spirit, please. Yeah. Hallelujah. And that they would then be born again from above in Christ Jesus. They are our enemy, according to the gospel for this moment. But they're beloved, and they'll be brothers when they come out of unbelief. And we believe, we believe, we believe that Christ Jesus came to save us. Save us. And deliver us and heal us all. Whew. We praise you. We praise you for your good. Your mercy endures forever. The nations will come to worship and bow before their king. Christ Jesus reigns forever. You are Lord. Lord of everything. So we bring our people, our families, our struggles, our troubles, our memories, and submit them all to King Jesus.
Only give us what is yours to carry now. We release all responsibilities that we've picked up as a crown off our head. We throw it at your feet to only pick up again the assignments of this new year, to not carry burdens that are no longer ours to carry, to be released from struggles that are no longer ours to struggle. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord. And we are expectant of our Lord doing great and mighty things this year. To see, to see from that high place that God gives us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We love you. I love you. Cammie loves you. We'll give you posted. I believe that her knee is whole, healed, and delivered. That little hip hop and the ski is fixed and finished. Uh, and God bless you. Wednesday, start the new year with us, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. prayer. Get the book or go online and follow us in the new Bible reading. This Monday starts. Hallelujah. Happy victorious new year. Yeah, amen.